up good people welcome to a brand new episode of the midnight drop thanks for stopping by i'm your host jordan malone today we got a whole lot in store for you we have two movie reviews of one night in miami and american skin one night in miami directed by regina king and american skin directed starring and written by nate parker should be a great night let's go ahead and get into it but before we begin let's just go ahead and do some housekeeping and also just Talk about the elephant in the room. Uh, new equipment, new microphone, new Rodecaster Pro. Happy as hell. Couldn't be much happier about that. And I am excited to go ahead and use it for this episode, especially for this movie review, too, man. I'm very excited. So let's go ahead and get with that housekeeping, though. So, if you're a first time listener here, welcome. Thanks for coming into the Midnight Drop. Uh, if you want to go ahead and listen to this episode, it's available on Anchor, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Podcast, soon to be YouTube, and also on my Instagram page at 615 underscore chill. You can go ahead and follow me on 615 underscore chill if you want to send any DMs for your comments, concerns, considerations, critiques, arguments, or anything like that. Or if you want to go ahead and listen to this podcast, it'll be up under my page. Again, that's 615 underscore chill. Uh, This week, we got a list full of episodes. Today, we're obviously doing a double movie review of One Night in Miami and American Skin. Tomorrow, we have a discussion on The Republican Brain, a novel that I had very much the pleasure of reading in the past couple of weeks, and just a discussion regarding what's been going on in politics and just what's been going on with the riots in Capitol Hill and stuff like that. And on Thursday, we have a documentary, another movie review discussion on MLK and the FBI. I'm kind of excited to watch that. I wish I could have watched it today, but I already had these two movies on my list. So what can you do? But again, tomorrow, book discussion and just discussion overall on politics. And on Thursday, movie documentary review on MLK FBI. And that is for this week on the Midnight Drop. And... If there's anything else I want to go ahead and talk about uh, for anybody that's been asking or anybody that's wondering about when this is going to be up on YouTube, I would just say be a little bit more patient. Uh, I really want to put it on YouTube. But the problem is, is that uh, there's so many things that I want to do. So many are ideas, but I want to be able to do it efficiently and effectively. So it may take some time, but I'm going to try putting some stuff up there. Could be tonight, could be next week, could be any day. But I'll definitely let you guys know in the meantime. But with that being said, let's go ahead and get into our first movie review of One Night in Miami. And I very much had the pleasure 
of watching this movie last night. And One Night in Miami was a 2020 film that came out in December. It was announced, I think, around the summer, fall of 2020. And it was directed by Regina King, her first movie, her first goddamn movie. I swear to God, and it stars Kingsley Benadir, Eli Gorey, Aldis Hodge, Leslie Odom Jr., and has some other great actors. Other, oh my God, it's tired as hell. But yeah, we have some other great actors in this movie. And I will say I had the pleasure of watching this yesterday, as I've been saying. And I can just say right now, I thoroughly enjoyed it. The movie was really freaking good. And I'll go ahead and get into the plot of everything. I mean, it centers around four prominent African-American icons. Cassius Clay, later be known as Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, and Jim Brown. And it takes place on the night of Cassius Clay's victory over Sonny Liston, where Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, Jim Brown, they're all invited to watch him beat Sonny Liston's ass. And Malcolm X after the victory invites all of them to his room and tricks them to thinking it's a big ass party next now only do they know that it's going to be a discussion arguments all this other stuff that's going to change their lives forever into what we know now and there are so many other things about this movie i really want to talk about with its plot and if there's one thing i want to go ahead and give a pro at is the acting the acting is superb throughout this entire movie. All of your headliners, Kingsley, Eli, Aldis, Leslie, Odom Jr., all four of them did an amazing job. And I think out of the two of them, Kingsley Benadir and Leslie Odom Jr.'s portrayal of Malcolm X and Sam Cooke were just the best in my opinion. Number one, I can't really pick number one because both of them were just equally good. And I think it's also because they had a lot of of stuff to talk about in this entire movie too man i mean i mean i talk about everybody else and just just go ahead and give you kudos a round of applause for what they did here just a round of applause i mean we're talking about four main headliners who were able to make you believe that they were actually sam cook jim brown cassius clay and malcolm x they actually went ahead and did a lot and you felt invested in all four of them in their roles of how good of a job they did and the reason why kingsley and leslie were both my favorite because for the bulk of the movie you're focusing on them and you just feel really invested in what they have to say what they do and how they act i mean the chemistry with all four of them are great but the chemistry between these two characters is on a whole nother level and i very much appreciated that just overall in this entire movie man i i cannot lie with you i cannot lie to you what the fuck is wrong with me goddamn but uh i mean besides those four guys i mean you had some pretty good performances by some guys uh you had lance riddick who played the character brother kareem one of the bodyguards from malcolm x i like lance riddick he does a really good job in any role that he's in uh you had joaquina kulakongo hope i said that right as betty x the wife of malcolm x she had some scenes in here that was really good too uh nicolette robinson played barbara cook how you did pretty well i mean overall you had some great acting here you had some really good acting here i don't think no one did a, just a okay or good job everybody did a great job 
And, and that actually leads into how I feel about the entire direction of the movie. You know, the direction of this movie was just great for Regina King's first movie for her directorial debut. I thought it was just a great way to start it off. Not only did she direct the movie really well for the bulk of the film, but the way that she staged scenes were just really done well. Like, I mean, you get a couple of boxing scenes that were shot pretty well. I I actually felt invested in them. You know, you also get some scenes where they're showcasing dialogue to characters or are talking to one to one, like one to one each other. And I, I thought it would do pretty well. I, I thought she did that really good too. Way how she focuses on the intensity of the discussion to where you just feel like, damn, this shit is really heated. You, you feel, inv- again, you feel invested. You feel like you're taking away a lot of things from this conversation, from a lot of these scenes and how she, you know, kind of illustrates the messages, the ideas, the conflicts in this movie. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it throughout this entire film. And I, I want to see more from her. I mean, as an actress, she, she does an amazing job. And just for her directing this film, like adapting this into the big screen, I thought it, she did a really good job of it, too. I cannot complain with her. I will be keeping an eye out on her man i'm swear to i swear to god i will but besides the acting and the directing i will say that the story was really good too i mean you get these four prominent figures that are all dealing with their own character arcs things that you you know if you didn't know these characters as much you're kind of surprised that they were dealing with this and others that you you know because they're you know if you knew about them especially for Cassius Clay you knew about what they were going through and I mean I'll kind of describe it right now for Malcolm X he's on the brink of leaving the nation of Islam because of Elijah Muhammad Jim Brown is dealing with keep either keeping his career in the NFL or pursuing a life a career in filmmaking well actually in you know in acting and he's also dealing with the fact that you know he's an African-American male He's one of the best NFL players in the world, but no matter what, they're still going to see him as a N-word. Uh, Sam Cooke is trying to push his music out to the white community and so that they can understand the blight of the black community through his music. And Cassius Clay is dealing with himself and how he's transitioning from being him into being Muhammad Ali. And it's just really something that he really wants to go with. And what can he do as a black man, as a boxer to uplift the black community? I felt like with all four of these character arcs, these problems that these characters deal with, how it intertwines into the main thing in this movie, the bulk of it, when they're in the hotel room in Miami, I felt like it was really well. It was really well done. It's like, and I guess that goes to say about the pacing and how Regina King directed this entire film, about how she was able to weave all of these different parts and make it smooth and make it really nice but i think the plot itself is just interesting too man and i think what it talks about its messages its conflicts its ideas they're very thoughtful and they're timely for the world that we live in today i mean the whole conflict that sam cook and malcolm x go through i I thought it was really nice and it really made you think a whole lot too man it's just something that i really appreciated from this film that you know we may know these characters so much, but, you know, how do these characters interact with each other and what can we learn from that? I mean, I thought it was 
I thought it was well done. I thought it was really well done, man. Oh my God. I mean, and the last thing, good thing I can say about this film is the ending. The ending of this film was really well done. Well, was pretty well done. I won't say it was perfect, but it was really good. I mean, the ending, you kind of get like the obvious what happens to them because, you know, it's all, you know, it's mostly true. It's history. So you get to know what happens after that one night in Miami and you're left with Leslie Odom Jr.'s rendition of a change is going to come. And I know I said this is the last thing, but Leslie Odom Jr.'s singing in this movie was goddamn amazing. It was awesome. It really felt like it really sounded like I was listening to Sam Cooke. It really sounded like I was listening to Sam Cooke, man. I cannot lie about that. Uh, yeah, man, the ending was nice. And I guess Sam, you know, Leslie Odom. See what I did there? I'm confusing Leslie Odom Jr. for Sam Cooke. Leslie Odom Jr. singing in this entire film was really good, especially the, the scene where he bombed in the beginning, man. It was really good. Uh, anything I have to say about this film I really didn't like? Uh, the movie just seemed too short for me. I mean, I'm not saying that it's like it's a major negative. It's like a nitpick because I wanted to see more kind of fill in more and athletes into the other con. I felt like it could have added some things that I felt like could have been a little bit more interesting. Like I think with Jim Brown's his character arc, his story I felt like more things could have been added in more about his past, more about how he dealt with his life after you know, the whole one night in Miami, uh, besides him going into acting and just how did he just evolve as a person? How about Cassius Clay? Like, how did he you know, interact with other people? Like, that was something I was a little bit more interesting in. But again, it's only so much that you can do. And I wasn't having a big problem about that. It was fine. So overall, I think with the superb acting, the quality direction, the nice ass plot that they had. And just the overall effectiveness of how this movie conveyed its message and its ideas. I thought it was really dope. I got to go ahead and give this movie a 9 out of 10. It's a, it's a great movie. And I think it's one of the best movies of 2021. Since technically it's released to us in 2021. Got to give it. Got to get it up for them. Got to give it up for them. Got to give it up for them. But I can't say the same for American Skin. <laughs> American Skin is not is not that movie. If I was going to be honest about One Night in Miami, I got to be honest about American Skin. American Skin was not that. And oh my god. <laughs> That's this movie. This movie kind of disappointed me. This movie disappointed me a whole lot. And I'll go ahead and start this. American Skin again was announced last year, I think around the fall. It's directed by Nate Parker himself, and it stars himself, Amari Hardwick Jr. and Dio Rossi, which I I hate. I hate his face. I hate his fucking face. But that doesn't mean it it really mattered in the movie. He's a good actor. I'm just saying. But this film, American Skin, it follows a story of an ex-Marine who takes matters into his own hands after the police officer who murdered his son is acquitted of all charges. And using the help of his militant friend and a young student filmmaker who wants to film his life story and the whole death of his son, he holds a mock trial in the police district police unit to send a message regarding police brutality and the constant mistreatment of black people. And um, 
again, when this movie was announced, I was thoroughly interested because not only was the concept and the plot seem pretty cool at the time through the trailer, but Nate Parker, what he went through with the 1999 rape charge, uh, with just him being canceled with his comments regarding how he thinks Hollywood is feminizing black men and how they're trying to make us soft. And I, I was interested in seeing this. I know he made birth of a nation. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I haven't seen birth of a nation. I've heard that it's a flawed, uh, but really good film that, uh, sparked some controversy for just being really graphic and gory. But, uh, you know, I just felt like maybe I could watch this movie because I think who produced this was Spike Lee. And I'm going to go ahead and look at that right now. I know Spike Lee was in this. He was heavily involved into this film. And I'm not going to say this was totally his fault. I mean, it maybe we can get some behind the scenes or some shit like that about, oh, yeah, like, you know, Spike Lee wanted to do some shit. But I don't know. I really don't know. Oh, I guess it wasn't produced by Spike Lee. Uh, yeah, it was produced by Mark Berg, Tarek Ben Amar, and Lucas Benkin. Yeah, they still suck. Anyway, so yeah, Spike Lee wasn't he was involved in this movie, I believe. But either way it goes, no matter who was produced, who was involved, this movie was still the same. Like I'm about to talk about it right now, and I'll just go ahead and say the good things first because I always feel like there are good things in a bad movie sometimes. And in this one, I will say this. Nate Parker, he is okay. He says he is good. He's not phenomenal like we had all of our other actors in One Night in Miami, but he's not terrible. He's not bad. You know, the movie's focusing around him and he does display emotion pretty well where it is believable. It's not fake. It is good. Uh, you do see him do a really good job and do a good job in this film. Again, it's not terrible. It's not, but it's not amazing. Uh, I do think that this movie has a really good concept. I think the concept of this movie of basically the father of the father whose son was murdered by a police officer, which a year later, while he's waiting, his son, his son's murderer is acquitted of all charges. And he basically takes matters into his own hands. And he has to deal with the whole fact that, you know, if it goes the way he he wants it to go, he could be taking the life of a person, not just a police officer, just a young man. And uh, it goes into that psychological conflict of his, but really just shows that like, we're, we're done taking this shit. I thought the concept was really fucking good. You know, it brings up arguments that we heard all over 2020, especially during the summer protests and riots of George Floyd, Amar Arbery and Breonna Taylor. Uh, it aims to educate its non-black audience about what blacks have to go through in moments of anguish like this. And I think overall, it's a great concept. And I think some movies, some, some movies, there are some movies better than this, but some moments of this movie do make you think and you do appreciate being there. However, this movie is not good. And I'm going to tell you fucking why. <laughs> This movie is a big disappointment. I mean, first of all, the direction of this movie is just not good. I know there are people that are saying that Nate Parker did a bang up job in this movie. I don't think he did. The pacing in this movie was just not good. It's very fast. It's an hour and 30 minutes, hour 29 to be exact. And you're kind of just there like in the beginning, you're getting 
you know, body cam footage. And then you're getting like moments where it's present time, like a year later, but then you're going back before. And it's just like, what is going on here? Like the, the entire pacing just felt really fast. And then it takes a screeching halt and it's just like, God damn, what are you doing? Uh, I just felt like Nate Parker should, could have done a much better job with what they did in this entire movie. I, I think he just could have done a better job. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, there are some things where he gets it right, but other time, most of the time it's just not good to me. And also I just feel like the, the acting was just okay. And you know what I noticed in this movie before making this review was that Amari Hardwick was the headliner besides Nate Parker on Rotten Tomatoes, which is weird. So I was like, okay, Amari Hardwick is going to be that badass best friend where you're probably going to give him as the most underrated character in this, in this entire movie. I think his whole character arc is going to be interesting. It starts out interesting with him being his, uh, his army mate in the infantry infantry line. And he's diagnosed with cancer and he literally has only moments to live. And he chooses to, help his best friend with this situation. And it's just like, that's it. You don't get nothing else from him. You just get like him just speaking really low, this manly voice. Like, yeah, shit. I was in the army, man. They don't really love us over here. They just over here trying to kill our people. And he just, he's just groaning like, uh, uh, so the plot thickens. <laughs> it's just, it just goes off of that in the entire film. And besides Amari Hardwick, I just felt like every other person in this movie just wasn't that good. I felt like they were either overacting or they were just kind of just being bland or it just didn't feel right to me. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, Theo Ross, Rossi did a, you know, he did all right job. He did cool. Um, I felt like the character who played the young filmmaker, um, Sean Shane Paul McGee. Uh, I felt like he did all right, but I didn't really like him at all. I'm gonna be real with you. I didn't really like him at all. And he actually kind of, you know, he deals with another con that I had in this movie, but I felt like the acting was just okay. But sometimes it was bad too. Uh, this movie was not consistent. That's another thing I can say. This movie wasn't consistent at all. It's like they go from body cam footage to security cam footage to social media footage to old videos on Skype to real footage, the film footage, camera. It's just like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> it's like you're doing way too much. And I don't know why. Like they keep doing this and they're trying to make it seem like it's innovative. Like it reminds me of that horror, that Skype horror movie. Uh, about the deep web or whatever and i felt like they tried to take that concept and some other stuff to try to make it cool uh i I just thought it was weird i was like what are you doing it wasn't consistent at all the plot wasn't consistent you know again that just talks about his direction it was just it was just really rough around the edges man it was like what like the entire plot the okay the entire plot is like the beginning you know, you see the body cam footage. Okay, son gets killed. And then a year later, it doesn't even signify it's a year later. It's just, you could you could think that this happened maybe like months ago, but you have to go to Wikipedia and be like, one year later. That's what happened. And it's just, they didn't really signify that at all. It's not consistent with that. Um, 
you know, what's going on with certain characters and just the whole plot of this being a film. It's like sometimes you're just like, man, who cares about the fucking film? And then when they get to the, the main point of the movie, the main squeeze, I don't know why I said main squeeze, but I said it right there. <laughs> when they get to the main squeeze of the film, <laughs> it's like you're, you're just left asking questions. And I think that's something else. You're left asking questions about things that need to be answered. Like how the fuck did they get the convicts and the citizens inside that police unit? Like how it's like, you're in this movie where it's just like, you will be tried by a trial of your peers and they all just come in and you're just thinking, where did y'all come from? Did they just, did they just get these people off the street? Like what, where did this come from? And then you get the convicts and you're like, whoa, 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 what they doing here, man? <laughs> You know who they are? This is going to cause a lot of strife. That's what Theo Rossi says. I'm over here in the outside world like, whoa, 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 whoa. Where did you even get these people from? And they're talking about like, nah, they're, 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 they're not serious criminals. They just done for like some low level, low level crimes. Who cares? Where did you get these people from? Did you break into a jail? It's just what? And then you're also asking, what is the police chief doing with this? how did they get with this trial what how why what it's like you're some questions like the basics like how did he how does his son get into his job how what does nate parker's character do for a living like how did he get in this situation it was just like what but like you you were answered like you answered those questions but everything else that seemed important it was just like you kind of just left it alone it was like you just wanted shit to flow, but it didn't really make any sense in the end of the end of the day. And I think one of the biggest things that I had a problem with that the movie was just it left a lot out that I thought could have been really interesting. Like you have this major plan of kidnapping these cops, including the guy that killed your son, and you put him in the you put him in a room and you basically going through your whole your own mock trial. Where if you're guilty, he's dead. He's not guilty. He lives all free, which we already know is going to be guilty. Like, that's predictable as fuck. Most of this movie is predictable. I'll tell you this right now. But, like, you're ask, you're left just wondering what they could have done to make this movie more interesting. It's like, maybe you could have had the first part of the film talking about what does Nate Parker's character do for a living? How does this relate to his son? You know, those arguments they had throughout the entire movie regarding how a black man should act like when it comes to getting stopped by the police. Um, You know, his downfall with his, you know, what was it? What was it? The downfall of his marriage with his wife, Uh, just his life afterwards, how he dealt with financial hardship, PTSD. It's like, why couldn't we have that in the movie? Because then you would have had these nice emotional beats where we could have cared for the characters, where we could have cared for Nate Parker's uh, character. where We could have cared for his son a little bit more. I'm not saying I didn't care about him, but I just felt like it could have been done much better. We could have seen a relationship between him and Amari Hardwick's character. I mean, what, what are we doing here? You're leaving so much out because you just want to get to a point, be straightforward, but it's like, no, when it comes to a movie like this, a movie that could have been so much more powerful, you could have done so much more. You need to add things in to make the audience member interested. And throughout 
the later parts of this film, I was looking through this movie and kind of just skimming through so I can just get through this shit. I'm not saying skimming through like I just skipped like a whole five minutes. I'm talking about like, you know, a couple of seconds. I was like, okay, let's get this shit. Go right, go right, go right, go right. It's just, it's, oh my God, it was so much more. I just felt like I just disappointed that they didn't add enough stuff in. It just made this movie and boom, that's all they did. Uh, and I guess that's, a, I guess that's something else. I, I didn't feel as emotional like I thought it would be. You know, in the trailer, you get like these clips of Nate Parker's character's son, who, by the way, his son was not a good actor. I'll just say that right now. He was not a good actor. You get like these videos of him growing up and you will feel like that's the emotional part of this film. And then you also get this part where like Nate Parker, he goes into the bathroom and he throws up after hearing that the police officer charges were all dropped and he was acquitted. He throws up and has this moment. It's just like, man, what? You could have made that a whole lot more emotional, but you just you just rushed through it so much. It just shows that they didn't, you know, he just wanted to half-ass this shit so he can get to, like, certain moments of the film, man. It was just like, really? I just did not feel as emotional as I wanted to be. I mean, I definitely, like, you know, definitely say, mm-hmm, or just laughed at a couple of things, or just say, what about that shit? Because, you know, some of the things they said in this movie, some of the messages were right on. But throughout this entire movie, I did not feel any ounce of compassion or just consideration for a lot of these characters, especially for Nate Parker's character. I was like, damn, that that was the most disappointing part. Um, I think the ending overall in this movie was was really bad, too. I mean, it's predictable. It's very predictable. Um, Am I going to tell you the ending of the film? No, you have to see it for yourself, but it ends in this predictable route that you're kind of just like you could have done something else, which, you know, revolves back into you should have, you could have, you would have, but you didn't. You didn't do it because you rushed this shit. And I just, I just, I, I, just the ending was just not good at all, man. I mean, you're left with some stuff that was just like, oh, maybe you can see what happens next. But it's just like, man, who gives a shit? I want closure, goddammit. I wanted something else, something that would have been more thought-provoking. But you didn't do that. You just went with a fucking cop-out because it was easier. Because you thought it would be more thought-provoking. But it was like, no, it's not. Just, it's fucking not. It's, it's predictable, Nate. It's predictable. <sighs> I mean... Overall, you can just tell that I'm disappointed with this film because when I first heard about it, I thought it'd be really good, but it it, it just ended up being a, a movie with a great concept. Like a lot of other movies, it has a great concept, but the execution wasn't done very well. And I, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sad to say this, but this movie was just not good. I mean, if you give this to somebody else or if Nate Parker would have taken more time to, to look through it or if you had more pe- if you had the right people involved, I felt like this movie could have been really freaking good or you could have had more of the critics say like it was it's much better than what they thought. I know that a lot of people are saying this movie is great, but to me, as a guy who watched this film, I, I just got to say this movie wasn't good. I mean, yeah, it has, you know, again, besides the great concept, it has some th- some stuff in that you appreciate some of the conversations that they have. But when you don't have a consistent plot, when you don't have the 
best of acting from most of these characters when the direction is not that good, when you're left with questions, when the movie is too short and the ending is so damn predictable, like every other moment, and you're not really feeling emotionally invested in these characters. I'm sorry. I can't really give a pass for this movie, man. I can't. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I got to give this movie like a, I can't say it's terrible, but I can go ahead and say it's not good at all. I mean, I got to go ahead and give it like a five out of 10. It's just not good. It's just not good at all, man. It's just not. Hold on. Let me turn this shit off for y'all. This is how I feel about this entire movie. This is how I feel with this entire movie. What it was. This is how I feel. That's how I feel. I feel disappointed as fuck. A 5 out of 10 for American Skin. Just wasn't good at all. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, and and that's just something about January movies. Again, this movie was released in January. And if you don't know about the whole trend with movies in the month of January, usually those type of films are just not that good. They're either very disappointing or they're just dumpster fires because people are just like, let's just get this shit out the way so people can probably forget around October or the summertime. But we never forget. We always remember. At least I remember. I don't know about all you motherfuckers. Oh, and just to bring this point out. Yes, a lot of audience, a lot of people, like the audience section of Rotten Tomatoes, love this film. And I went through YouTube to see other people's reviews. Uh, I have a whole think about that because people are saying this is Academy Award nominee and I might have to get these people drug tested (laughs) I mean no like you can have your opinion but like these are the same people that say that this movie is amazing but Judah Judas and the Black Messiah is gonna be bad because it's played by black British actors like are you kidding me you're going to give Nate Parker a pass, but Daniel Kaluuya, Keith Stanfield, you know, all these different actors in this film, you're going to say no because you felt like the portrayal was bad, but Daniel Kaluuya has been in Academy Award winning and nominated films. You're, really? But I mean, they're, I mean, it, everyone's got an opinion, but, you know, I just don't agree. Opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one. I mean, I mean, my opinion, you could be, you could take it with a grain of salt too, but I'm gonna just let you know how I feel. So that's all I really got to say, that's all I really got to say. But, uh, yeah, man, that is the reviews for American skin and also one night in Miami. I do appreciate you guys tuning in to the night's reviews. And I can't wait to talk to you guys tomorrow regarding what we're going to have tomorrow. <laughs> oh my God. I said tomorrow again. Uh, Tomorrow, ah, <laughs> again, uh, we're going to have a book discussion on the Republican brain tomorrow evening, and we're going to be talking about politics in general, just my opinion on that, just discussing what can we see moving forward for our country. But yeah, thanks, thanks you guys for just tuning in for tonight's reviews of these two movies, one that I thoroughly enjoyed that I thought was one of the best of the year. And one that I felt like was one of the most disappointing films of the year. So, yeah, let's go ahead and take it away with this dope ass soundtrack. And I will see you guys tomorrow again. Go ahead and listen to this podcast on Anchor, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, 
my Instagram at 615 underscore chill uh, and Google Podcast. And if you want to go ahead and contact me, you can follow me on 615 underscore chill on Instagram. Or you can contact me on my email address at jordancammon at outlook.com. If you have any comments, concerns, considerations, or just critiques, anything like that, go ahead and contact me at those following handles. Again, I'm your host, Jordan Malone. Thanks for tuning in to an episode of The Midnight Drop. Thanks for stopping by. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace. Peace.